Hello and welcome to this week's The ANA Take with me, Alex. And with me, Adam. This week on the podcast, we will, as always, discuss some of the hot topics in the week. We have all our usual features and I'll be setting the last Final Five Challenge of the series. Indeed, and just before we start, as always, we are both abiding by social distancing, so let's begin. So, let's get underway with our personal highlights of the week. I think for Charlie, Alex, you should start us this week, because I always start, so you can first this week. Yes, that is no problem at all. Mine is a real simple one, like yours was last week, is that yeah. quite, quite frankly, I finished my dissertation <laughs> um, yesterday. I've still, I'm, I'm, you know what, I don't know about you, but I am really anxious about submitting it. I keep reading and reading and reading yeah. it over and over again. Um, so I will be submitting that today. Uh, however, yesterday, I'm, I mean, I'm very lucky. Me and my mum sat from literally half past nine till six o'clock the whole day, cutting <laughs> yeah. out words, tweaking things, making sure it was uh, appropriate and bang on. And I'm normally the person that just thinks, right, that's it, I've done, I'm submitting. Um, yeah. However, this time is it's like I feel very anxious of, yeah mm, it's, it's quite a mean. lot of work um yeah but quite simply to feel that that's finished uh has been quite a milestone in in my university career yeah i mean that that's been um something that we've been discussing between us in yes. our chats of the week and stuff for the last three months or something yeah. so no, i've got <laughs> i've got a lot to do i've got a lot to do it's getting closer yeah. finally it's done i'm very pleased for you yeah definitely so, so mine, uh, um, over the past couple of weeks, actually, last two or three weeks, perhaps, I've started doing online maths tutoring um, because we're in lockdown, of course. Schools aren't, aren't back, so there's, uh, um, there's, there's gaps for me to be able to do that and so make a bit of money off it. So I've got a, 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 few, a, a few regulars, shall I say. Uh, one, uh, one in particular who I now have two, have two lessons with a week, which is fantastic. He's in, he's in year seven, and I've been, I've been with him since he was in year five. And... Um, and we we are now in our just finished university, so we're so we're twenty one. Uh, when you're in in year seven, you're eleven and twelve. Yeah, yeah. That's worth bearing in mind. And we have discussed between us our maths A level. Granted, you very well just in mind it. is what we got on that, Adam. <laughs> we both got a D in our maths A level, but <laughs> it was an A level, an A level that was. So I'm doing year seven maths now. You do your GCSE exams at the end of year eleven, so he's four years off his GCSEs. And I this week kept getting the answers wrong <laughs> to all of the questions. <laughs> I just, I found it so difficult. We were, we were enlarging shapes Ooh. from points that weren't the origin. Ooh. And the thing is, before each lesson, he'll say to me, right, next week we'll do this. I was like, right, brilliant. Let me know because I'll have to just have a, have a quick check. But this, he, he sprung on me. I wasn't expecting it. Didn't have a chance to prep. And it's like, right, yeah. Oh yeah, I can do that. Yeah, of course. I just thought, believe in yourself, Adam, you've, Four years short GKC, sure you can do this. Answers kept getting the answers wrong every oh, no. single time. Oh, the no. lesson ended up being like two and a half hours long because I had to keep going until we got it right. I thought, well, I can't stop now. Give them all, give them all the wrong answers. So basically, if, you, if you're thinking, oh, can I have a call of extra quid doing tutoring? It's not as easy as you think. <laughs> no, I, I can imagine. I, rem- I, you know, I remember um, shapes and I was never one of my strong points. 
especially yeah. those kind of things. Um, but then the things that I thought were my strong points, which is why I went on to do A-levels, turned out <laughs> not to be my strong points. Yes. Um, yeah, thankfully oh, now we're onto, onto algebra and number, and I'm, I think I'm good with them, but I'll, I'll let you all know next week. Yeah, if I'm, don't, if, don't hold, if you, I'm don't hold your breath on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the subject surrounding this week's podcast is the fabulous NHS. Yes, The NHS, in fact, celebrated its 72nd birthday around a week ago. And whilst it's had its critics over the time, we wanted to do a show where we talked about all of the good things they do, particularly in these unprecedented times. Yes, fantastic word, unprecedented. The word it's of the, the buzzword of the, it's the it buzzword is, yes. of the COVID. <laughs> uh, yes, but now obviously we don't want to undermine any of the work the NHS staff have, have been doing through this unprecedented time. Uh, and neither do we want to underplay the incredibly sad deaths of people who have died from COVID-19, including at least 312 NHS staff that were confirmed at the last count, which was a couple of months ago now. Of course, these people are and always will be the real heroes of this time. Um, but however, we really hope that we can try and give a little bit of light relief on this topic as we talk through a few some of our own personal experiences um, and discuss some of the, the common niggles, perhaps, of uh, our beautiful NHS. So, I mean, Adam, to begin with, uh, we can't brush over how fantastically the NHS has dealt with this COVID situation. Um, yeah. You know, it's amazing, isn't it, how quickly we got resources together, how people just came together. And I don't think uh, people really understood the value of the NHS before we've had yeah. a time like this. Yeah, it's, it's difficult not to talk about the NHS and make it political, which we really don't want to do, because I think with the, with the politics around it, people agree and disagree tribally almost on both sides of the debate. But I think we can all agree that the actual NHS themselves have done a fantastic job. They've done everything that they possibly can. I'm sure as everybody individually and as organisations will do during a time like this, they will have made mistakes. I think everybody will have done. But it's the fact that you, no, no blame goes to these people. They put themselves in danger, really, every single day to care for hundreds of thousands of people. And it's just fantastic to see. I agree. And, you know, in a way, I almost feel like it's wartime all over again. And these are the people on the they are the people on the front line. And um, we're all being advised to stay at home and to not go out and, you know, have to basically isolate. And these these people are in in the trenches, in in a way, um, dealing with life and death. Some of the sites they must be seeing, it must be absolutely horrific. And I don't think anybody could imagine that unless you were actually there. Um, yeah. And I just think that's something that is very commendable about the British spirit on this one. That the mm-hmm. NHS has always been there. I think always will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've done a fantastic job. And in, in a way, when you look at the politics of it, whichever way you look at, whichever way you sit on the debate, uh, the Nightingale hospitals that were, were came up and thankfully didn't have to be really used too much. Um, mm-hmm. The staff that have done a lot of extra shifts and just mucked in on it um but i also think there's been a bit of a united uh, spirit from from yeah. england and the united kingdom with big companies uh, donating um mm-hmm. equipment donating food different supplies i know which was really nice like, from our company we did uh, like loads and loads of chocolate easter eggs coffee around those times water yeah. free free things and i just think yeah. it's really 
united everybody. Yeah, no, I can't, I completely agree with that. And I think it's, I think it's, it's, it is what we needed. It's just something that brings us together. Uh, what do you, what do you think about the, about the clap that that used to happen every Thursday night, the NHS clap? Well, I mean, I, I liked it. I mean, there was there's a funny story. I mean, to be honest with you, so every Thursday, um, me, mum, and my dad would go outside onto our drive, um, and uh, mum would mum would actually bring like a drum. A couple of weeks, she was really <laughs> involved in it. Um, I was just clapping normally, and you all stood there. It was quite funny. You looked at your neighbours and you gave them a little wave, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then then you came back in. The difficulty we all found was how long do you clap for? <laughs> um, yes. Because when you saw it on the TV and <laughs> all the news minutes, reports it? there, it was going on for like <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah. And you didn't want to be the first one, did you? You didn't want to be the first one to get back in again. Exactly. Yeah. So it got to the point where um, Dad was kind of timing. Cause we, we kind of went for the feeling the two-minute silence is always a, a kind of thing. So Dad, yeah. as the weeks went on, got to the point where he actually had his, his stopwatch kind of on his foot on his watch and he got yeah. to two minutes and he was like right there we go that's two minutes um <laughs> yeah appropriate time we yeah. can we can call it a day so i think it was great to celebrate what they did um and i also i also actually agree that it, it came to an end because i don't think that um it should carry on and on and on and on because you have to recognize yeah. that but as the the the, the virus is slowly decreased. I think it's time that you have to you have to phase that out. Um, yeah. But I just think it made the NHS a lot more memorable. To a lot of yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, it helped. Yeah, there was someone across <laughs> across the road from me with the way that the the, the, the houses are to each other. Can't often like you can see their front door, but then, but then there's a bush that separates two houses, and you can't see them if they're walking up. You don't know if they're there or not. Yeah. And he and he come he came out after like the fourth or fifth week. The first three weeks he just clapped. So you thought nothing nothing of it. And fourth or fifth week he comes out with his like Viking horn, like it's like a vuvuzela, <laughs> and he blows it. And you think, where the hell's that come from? You know, yeah. you jump in the street, and he appears with this huge like tusk almost, is what it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was brilliant just to see loads of people. People who at, who at the time you haven't seen for months, even though you live yeah. near them, because you know you don't leave your house or or very rarely. So yeah, I I agree. It was I think it was a really it was a really good thing um, to show to just to bring people together, and I think ha, just just add value. I think is as you said, just adds value to what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think you know, as I mentioned, it's brought everybody together in a bit more of a united feel. And I I also think this is the closest, as I mentioned, that any of our generation will ever get to being in wartime because it, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody um, come together as much as we have at the moment or you know people talk yeah. to each other on the streets didn't happen before this um, <laughs> yeah. and I just think that's something that is fantastic however yeah. Mr Hassel we do have to <laughs> probably kiss a little bit that has this fantastic display from the NHS kind of um mask some of the common niggles that we all face in the more normal day-to-day uh, occurrences with the nhs so i've got a few stats i'm going to present to you oh okay that i thought would be interesting so i did a little bit of research and i was staggered at this the typical referral time for a standard referral so we've just got to go you know and have an appointment something like that is 18 weeks with the NHS. That's a long time. If you're an outpatient, this typical referral time is 12 weeks. The 
average referral if you need key tests i'm emphasizing key <laughs> tests here yeah is six weeks yeah and the average wait time in a and e across the uk is four hours now i don't know about you but when i keep thinking about the key tests part <laughs> Yes. Six weeks feels like an awfully long time to have to mm. wait to get these key tests. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess it's how you define people within key tests because some will be more key than others in a way. I guess. Um, I mean, I know that my granddad just got released from hospital, and there was a care package put in place for him twenty-four hours later. So I think I think I think I think the word average is perhaps slightly misleading. I think I think the ones that are re- on the whole ninety nine percent of the time, the ones that are vitally important are sorted there and then. Um, obviously, though, you know some people will will fall through the net, but I think they do a very good job of trying to encompass everybody as quickly as possible. And I think another thing with that is that you look at big cities like London, probably Manchester, Birmingham, even Edinburgh, Glasgow. I think that I think the average times are shot up because of them cities yeah. where it's overpopulated in a way. Whereas people who live in smaller cities, villages, towns, I don't think they can really have any complaints. I don't think from what I from what I know and see. No, I think you make a really good point there about overpopulation in a way. Mm-hmm. When you think about the NHS, it's as we mentioned, it's seventy-two years old. If you want to put yeah. it as, as that. Um, and throughout those years, the UK has become more populated, more people. And even though there's been money pumped into it, so I know that in uh, 2018 19, 129 billion pounds was spent on the <laughs> can't NHS. Even imagine that. Can't, can't no, you can't that. imagine that, that amount of money. But, you know, you could question it's not even enough because we have the, there, there are those wait times and people are being, you know, missed throughout the, the system. Um, and because of that, we need more money in it to, to actually yeah. get to that point. Um, but the problem that there always will be is that because it's publicly funded, the money comes from the taxpayer. Um, so either we have to accept we're going to pay higher taxes to fund the NHS, or we have to get the money from somewhere else. And I think that's a really difficult balance. Of it needs more money, but to get more money, we have to be prepared to give more money ourselves. Mm. And I agree with you, but I think then when you actually look at what the alternative is, you think, actually, this is a much better, pro- this is a much better plan. I'd much rather pay a couple of percent more. Because if you look, like, for example, in America with their private system, I mean, I saw on social media, not 100% sure the, the truth behind it or not, um, because you know you just see it, the screenshots on social media and stuff, yeah. not to what if, to believe it. But there was someone who was a nurse in a hospital in America, who who the patient had called the police on, yeah, because they thought that it was a hoax to try and get money out of him, even though he really? had COVID and he was in hospital with. Now again, I'm not 100 sure if that is true or not, but that's something that you no know, that I saw. And you just think, you know, that's incredibly stupid on the offset. But you think, well. If someone's in, going to get an amount of debt from being ill. Yeah. I mean, I think I, th- I think in America you get billed often four figures for an ambulance ride. It can be, and you think, yeah. well, if, if that's the alternative, you know, I'd much rather half my income went on went on funding it properly because it is there for everybody. 
See, now this is where we're going to have probably one of our first interesting discussions because I agree <laughs> and disagree with what you've just said okay. um, from, a, from a stat as well. So I don't believe, let me get this straight, I don't believe it should be privatised completely because I think that's, you know, the, the Americans have gone too far with, with how their health yeah. works and it, it leaves people vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I'd never agree with that. However, I do think there are elements that deter... Uh, time wasters from their yeah, system. That's, yeah, that's fair. And and I think that's something that we we fall into because of basically our generosity. So I'll mm. throw another one at you here, Adam. Um, <laughs> so I also found that in 2018, 2019, in the NHS, um, £3.5 billion pounds was spent alone on alcohol-related incidents. <laughs> uh, I mean, this doesn't specify if that's, you know, because you're addicted or anything like that but when yeah, you take the true. grand scheme of that that could be people that need their stomach pumping because they've yeah, gone too just far a big night out. out yeah they've had too many they've fallen over all of these for me are very self-inflicted and could yeah. be deterred and yeah. there's a big reason why our wait time in nhs is four hours in a and e yeah now as a taxpayer that equates roughly on average to 120 pounds per year that you will pay because somebody yeah. has self-inflicted um, through yeah. alcohol. And I think that's where we fall down, that we allow those repeat offenders in, in those yeah. ways that deter and, and, and mean that people that need the care don't get the care. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, And I, I think I that's mean, the, the big problem. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, it's just, I think, I think, there, I think there's a fine line on the definition of self-inflicted. I'd agree with you on the whole, but obviously, you have got people who are addicted, and yes. and then people, and then people need help. And I'm sure that you that you say the same thing. But yeah, I, and even to, even, to even with I, that, it's like if that 120 pounds, if that was 60 pounds, 60 pounds per taxpayer could go to um, help for people that need yeah. addiction. And I just think that's where the money. Would be way yeah, better. It should, be, it should be going there exactly. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, I, I I do agree with that. Yeah, and I remember well, when I was actually in the US, um, I had I had an awful headache. As silly as the headache was, yeah. uh, I was into the play, into like the the medical place, and out in ten minutes. Ten minutes, yeah. no waiting, no nothing. Yeah, um, and one of our friends, um, they at one point they broke their ankle or something. They were in, scanned. Mm-hmm plaster casted and out in two hours yeah that's never going to happen here because we have other other um problems but yeah, yeah it's very interesting yeah interesting no i agree point. with that yeah i do but obviously we can all speak about personal insight which might draw that you know one way or the other because as you said the nhs is there for for everybody and even, and even people like us young people have had experience with it i know that, i know that you've got a fantastic story, Alex. I'll let, yes. you, I'll let you take the lead on this one, I think. Yes, I mean, I, I have to admit, I can't complain with my experience with the NHS. It's, it's, it's been really, really positive. Yeah. Um, so I, um, just before lockdown, actually, uh, had a condition where my heart went into the wrong rhythm. Uh, it's called atrial fibrillation, for those medical gurus that want to know. Um, and basically, your heart beats wrong. It's all over the place. It's been a bit unique. So I was working from home um, and doing my emails. And then I thought, oh, this isn't going well. Yeah. Um, so I rang my mum. She dashed home from work and took me to our local walking centre uh, where 
I always feel bad about this because there's like people sat in the waiting room that have been there for four hours and I walked in, filled out the form because mine was a heart thing. I was the first one in literally in two minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, so they all give you that death stare thinking, why are you ahead of me? <laughs> yeah. um, so I went in, had an ECG, got checked out and they thought I was in atrial fibrillation. And um, my heart rate was between 180 to about 200, 220. That's, that's mad, that is. Yeah. Um, and it's been, this has been happening probably now for an hour at this point. Yeah. Um, so I got all the scans in and the interesting thing was, was they were all amazed that I was still sat up. Yeah. Um, they thought I should be lying down for being very, very ill. And I, I, I really wasn't, I was perfectly, I could have ran, I could have gone out for a run. <laughs> um, you know me, it was fine. Yes. Um, so then they were in this recess room and they said, right, uh, we're going to send you to hospital. And this is, this thing whole happened, had happened to me once before about five years ago. And my mum had driven me to the hospital and mum said to them, I'll just drive him. And the, uh, the doctor in the room said, no, you won't, Mrs. Callender. He's not <laughs> traveling in any car. Yeah. And she went, oh, oh, right. Okay. Um, so then the ambulance arrived and the paramedics came in and they were very much a bit, again, confused as to how I was sat up. And even yeah. people from the walking centre had come in, about five of them, all to look <laughs> at me and be like, how are you still sat up? <laughs> um, so this was interesting. Uh, so they got taken to the ambulance and they said we were taken to the hospital. And when we got in the ambulance, they said we are going to go to the Royal. And this from Loughborough Hospital is about, I think, 15, maybe 20 minutes in normal traffic. Yeah. Um, and I have to admit, at this point, I wasn't really taking it very seriously because I'd always said I wanted to be on the bucket list to be in an ambulance and to go on <laughs> blue light. Weird thing to say, but I know, I know what you mean. I didn't it was one of those things where I thought, I need to tick this off. So in the yeah. back, I'm thinking, oh, we're ticking this off. Um, in the ambulance. And then, and then this cool thing, it was said like 999 activated. And I thought, oh, wow. Um, and the driver got from Loughborough to Leicester in nine minutes. Uh, very so impressive. We got there very, very quickly. Got rushed in, um, assessed really, really fast in the recess area. It was a very interesting place to be because you're in there and you. it was a reality check because then there's a chap next to you um, who was really wasn't very well and I, I think actually passed away. There's a guy opposite me who's got like a chest draining line on his back. You think, wow. Yeah. Um, so you're in that room and you, and you get assessed. Uh, I told them exactly what I needed because I remember what happened. And this is the problem again, though, because they had the drug in tablet form, but not in the right IV form. So it wasn't quite as effective. Um, and then I got transferred to another hospital. Again, you think, why have I been transferred to one hospital when I could have just yeah. gone directly to the other hospital, yeah. which would have saved them all time. Um, and then in, in the other hospital, eventually it just, the drug kicked in and I was all right. So it was a good outcome in the end. But even with that, when you look at it, and I look at it from a business view, I got taken in into one point and it was on paper notes. Then I get transferred and it's on an iPad. Then I'm in the next hospital and it's on paper and an iPad. And yeah. In the hospital, there's five people that all come around to do one tiny job when one person could do all five of the jobs. Yeah. And I'm sat there thinking, how is this effective? Yeah. You could speed all of this up. How do you have paper notes and electronic notes talking to each other? It, it doesn't work, does it really? I know what you um, mean, yeah. And I just think there's areas, even when I was in there, that you think, 
come on, there's there's got to be a, a better solution to, the, to all of this than that. Yeah. Yeah, that's my uh, experience with the NHS. Yeah. What about you? Um, I mean, I can't, I can't top that story. I mean, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean about about bucket list. Um, but I think, I think you would obviously you want to be in that situation where you know what's going on. Yes. And I think the fact that you were ill enough to be in there, but somehow felt fine, which must be some sort of medical anomaly. I kind of agree with you. You would, you would want to be on roads that roads that you know. Being allowed to go 100 miles an hour along them. Honestly, I was on the back rows of Loughborough, and I saw. I said, "Wow, I know exactly where we are, and we are <laughs> flying." <laughs> yeah, that's that's a bit that I sort of I, I do understand what you mean. Yeah, um, yeah. As I, I said, I can't I can't really top that. When I was perhaps three, I think I, mean, I can I can very vaguely remember it. So I mustn't have been any younger than three. I had my uh, tonsils out because apparently I was snoring so incredibly loudly <laughs> with them in. I, and, and now I, I, I can't snore now. now I'm out. But I had them out when I was about three. And I was promised by my mom, oh, you go in, it, it, it'll be fine. You'll have loads of ice cream. You'll have loads of, you know, bowlfuls of ice cream. But, oh, yeah, brilliant. And they gave me cornflakes. Cornflakes? <laughs> cornflakes, yeah. Didn't get any ice cream. Got cornflakes. <laughs> that doesn't sound like the normal thing to have. <laughs> it does it, does it? But I have had, had cornflakes and, um, and I got released the next day. And on my way out, it, it had been raining, but obviously I didn't know. I'd been, I'd been out for the past 18 hours or something. Yeah. And I used to be obsessed, you know, those, those little cars you could sit in where you'd, where you'd oh, walk yeah, yourself yeah. along. You used to, I used to love them. I was always in one of them as a kid. Uh, but obviously, it's, it's, it's been raining, as I said, I hadn't realised. And it was, and it was from what I, I think there were baskets, but it was something, it was a big pile of something blocking the door to the outside play area in the kids' right. parts. And I just thought, oh, I wonder why they're there. So I just shoved past them, but ran away from mum and dad because I saw one of these cars outside. So, oh, brilliant, I can go on yeah. there for a leave. Yeah. Sort of slipped past these baskets. Mum and dad went, "Where are you going?" And I ran to this to this car that I saw, and I sat in it because I was so excited, couldn't wait. And it had been raining. There was a huge pool of water in this car. Oh no! Just sat straight in it, and everything I was in was soaked. Oh, I had to <laughs> I ran back crying. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so now I was, so then I realised realize why the why the baskets were there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, oh, that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a good story. But I mean, like you said, your granddad's been in, and he's had a good experience, hasn't he, with the NHS? Yeah. And he, 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 about about ten years ago, he had to get a uh, get a pacemaker fitted, and he and he drove to his local, just 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 his local doctor surgery. Said, I think I think I need a little, I think I think I need another tablet in the morning, you know, something to correct this. He, he wasn't he wasn't worried about it at all. And the guy at the at the hospital, the doctor went, uh, I think I think you probably should go to the hospital actually. I think it's a little bit more serious than you thought it was. Yeah. Like, oh. And you thought, oh, well, I feel fine, you know. Like, oh, I'll, I'll go to the hospital. So we didn't drive to the local one. He drove to the specialist heart hospital, which is in Durham, which was probably half an hour away. He, yeah. he drove there himself from the, from the doctor's surgery, ambled into A&E and went, oh, I heard you, I heard you expecting me. Name, you know. And he went, how did you get here? You know, you just, you just walked in. Did you, how did you get here? And he went, well, I've, I've driven. You drove. You've driven here. <laughs> Bloody hell! Well, <laughs> what are you doing? So, <laughs> so, so back home we live 100, 
80 odd miles away from here we got a call and the call wasn't you know it wasn't oh quick get up here it yeah, was yeah. Uh, it, we think you're gonna have to have a pacemaker fitted it's gonna be an overnight i suggest you come up though and i'm like oh why oh because his car's in the car park and the wow. fees that's gonna happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> 24 hours <laughs> i'll come and get it for you <laughs> so definitely. we drove up to come and get his car and drive it back at home again <laughs> i have got to just i've definitely got to say that car park fees and nhs and hospitals in my opinion should be completely eradicated it's, we shouldn't it, have they are ridiculous them. yeah um for staff and for me even patients because most of the time it's not your fault that you're there exactly um, yeah. i don't think it should be a money-making scam for yeah. uh car park companies so i fully disagree with, with any car parking yeah i, I agree nhs all right then alex it is time for the infamous famous section i'm sure alex's choice it is and i'm going to keep this one quite short um but something that I thought you'd probably appreciate, actually, given that you do a lot of driving, and I, and I, yeah. I do as well. My topic is roadworks. Especially... Oh, I can yeah. write roadworks a bit, yeah. Yeah, especially <laughs> in the UK. Now, I'm sure you both, well, you and I have got experience in being stuck in average speed zones, having <laughs> yeah. lanes, blocks, um, near where we live. There's a lot of roadworks happening at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. And I don't know about you, but I just get really, really frustrated <laughs> when nobody is working on them. Yeah. Yet we're still expected to go at this average speed check. It doesn't make any sense. And yeah. what I also find frustrating is that the highways agency has been around for many years yet they still seem to struggle to do a project on time nothing <laughs> happens on time um you know the widening of the m1 was about three years late it, it didn't happen um i was driving back from my girlfriend's house um the week uh, last week sorry and um i was coming back on the m1 typical route about 20 minutes before I came onto the M1, no nothing. Get onto the M1. I'm already committed at this point, obviously. I'm on yeah. the M1. And then one of the gantry signs says, Junction 23, exit closed. I'm thinking, mm. right. Well, I'm hoping that's like <laughs> a mistake because I'm getting off at 23. <laughs> yeah. um, kept on driving, kept on driving. And you see all the lorries start to move. And I think, no, this is not happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it had closed. And I thought, yeah. nobody has told me this. Uh, until, until I'm already on the, the motorway. Yeah. So I just think they cause themselves more grief by yeah. not working there. And it just creates delays and problems. And even in this coronavirus part, this is what I said to my parents. said, we're having major roadworks near our roundabout in the, in the yeah. town. And it's some days, nobody was working. Yeah. And I said, the roads are quiet. It's a perfect time <laughs> yeah, for right, them yeah. to be working. <laughs> Yeah. And now everybody's getting back to normality. Guess what? They're now working, <laughs> causing delays. It's like yeah. every logical decision is ignored and they just bring in something illogical. Yeah. I mean, so, I can't remember, I, as you said, I do, do, I, do, I, I, I do do a lot of miles. I can't remember where I was. It was about a week or two ago. I can't remember where I was. And it said Roadworks, a highway agency sign said Roadworks, expected finish in summer 2023. What? No. <laughs> What are you possibly doing? Yes. <laughs> Three years. 
Yeah. But, I mean, at least, surely then they can't go over. Perhaps they just add a year on so that they can finish early now and they can pretend that there's everybody are actually finished early. They might early. add about three years onto their project timelines <laughs> because then they'll be accurate. Now they'll be about yeah. bang on where, uh, where they are. So yeah, I can remember when I when I went to uni in uh, in, in Middlesbrough, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. There was I think I think it actually when I came down just for when it went into lockdown. So, so the the middle of March. So I've joined the motorways to get from um, Middlesbrough down to sort of Derby-ish. Nothing at all. Roads were empty as anything. I left the motorway. I'm now five miles from my house, less than five miles. I've done 130. Yeah, no roadworks. I I went through four different sets of roadworks. In the last five miles of my journey, yeah. But why do you do all of these at the same? Like the, the councils do all the, the same, all the same parts exactly at the same time. The same thing. I came back from York one time late at night. I, it was when the roadworks were happening on the M1. I got taken off near Derby for a diversion. So I'm yeah. following the diversion, and then yeah. they're doing more roadworks. So I then started <laughs> following the diversion for the diversion. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. <laughs> Yeah, and so, as sometimes you get to a point where it says diversion ends, and you think, well, I don't know where I am. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not brought you back. Definitely. Uh, but yes, I like I that one. We probably Good. both agree that roadworks are uh, a, a bugbear of, yes. uh, of, us, yes. of ourselves. I agree. All right, so on to the final five. Last week's challenge was set by yourself, Alex. It was. I wanted you to find out an embarrassing or funny childhood story from your parents, and I've got a cracker. Uh, but yeah. I will let you go first. Okay, I've got I've got two. I mean, I I really wanted to get it down just to one, but there's two I'd have to say. Um, so both of these come from uh, holidays when I was a kid in the Isle of Wight, caravan holidays in the Isle of Wight. Uh, I I'm not sure how old I was for both of them. I'd I'd say probably around ten ish. Um, and for one of them, we're going for a walk through some uh, countryside, and, and we got to a uh, we got to a fence like a fenced field that had that had balls in it. And it said, danger. And it said, balls do not enter. Yeah. And I said to my mum and dad, I went, well, what's that? What's part of that sign? Balls do not enter. Balls can't read. Because <laughs> 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 you know, it's in short, short form. <laughs> wow. A, so that, one's always, that one always gets brought up That's to me that I was stupid. Um, but, but, but I think my favourite one, I think it may well have been from the same holiday. Uh, again, we, put, we put, went to a car park and, and, and to go around for a little walk around the river or something. And, um, and my, my, me and my dad used to do this little thing. Whenever my mum would go and get ready or anything in the morning, me and my dad would change what we were wearing. And so we'd be wearing the same thing, like, like the same colour or the same yeah. shorts or yeah. something. We'd, and it, it was one more, she hated it when, when we did it. She'd always say, why are you doing Why? You know? And we did it perhaps once or twice a holiday, just, just honestly, just, just to annoy her a little yeah. bit. It's a bit, bit of a laugh. There's one day, as always, we were wearing different, different stuff. She went to go get ready. And then we both changed. We both changed to gr- the same green T-shirt that we had. Right. Same green T-shirt. Uh, and I think just normal shorts. Um, and she came out and she went, oh, you've done, you've done it again. It, it isn't funny. Please change. She went, <laughs> you know, really funny. No, we're not going to change. So we went to this, this car park and got out for a walk. And, and we got there and there was, and it was a scout, there was a scout trip that morning. And everybody was wearing green t-shirts. Oh no. <laughs> so, so everyone that, so we had to park in the middle of this car park, surrounded by scouts all wearing green t-shirts. Some of them would look at us and say, I don't, I don't recognize these people. <laughs> Someone would point and like, like, like sort of uh, points us in yeah, and then yeah. sort of look at, oh actually no, no you're not with us. <laughs> and we'd never do it again because we thought, what is the chances of that? <laughs> I think your mum had the final laugh in that yeah, one. I think so, big time, yeah. <laughs> 
Nice one. And so my one, um, I, I've, I've been told about this because I wasn't old enough to remember it. But actually, on my first birthday, um, when I was uh, having a party or something, you know, as you do when you're younger, yeah. it's more for the adults to have a party. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. let's show you off, I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, I've always been a foodie, and this is probably where my, where my um, <laughs> food came from. It's yeah. been recorded, and apparently there is a photo somewhere, um, but I was having a banana. And my mum and dad gave me the banana just to, to eat myself. And I was determined to get the entire banana in my mouth at, all together. <laughs> so I wanted to get it all in. So there's apparently, you know, think of these chubby hands at one year old, squishing this banana all in. And I was fully determined. And apparently it was oozing out of my hands and and I could barely move my mouth because it was just filled with banana. Um, yeah, but everybody, even to this day, you ask any of my family and they still remember me and the banana at one years old. Um, yeah, that was it. I can remember. I, I, it's sort of related, just in like family saying that, that you always remember. I remember I was playing someone that my dad used to uh, work with, a good, a, good, a good work friend of his. And I can't remember why, but he came around to our house. And I was, I think I was five. I was about a game of a, of a Connect Four yeah. for, no real, for no real reason, just you know, for me to be entertained, really. And he, you know, I, I think he tried. And um, he's a bit of a, he's a bit, he's very dry, witty sort of person. He's, he's, very, he's, he's very dry. I think he's absolutely hilarious. He's, he's, he's a fantastic bloke, but he's, he's, I, think, I think dry is a word that I'd use for him. Very dry humour. And I beat him at Connect Four, and I was about five. And he, whenever, whenever, whenever I see him, virtually the first thing he'll say is, "Don't mention that Connect Four game, <laughs> even now." <laughs> so I know what you mean about family always remembering. Stuff. Always, always remember. <laughs> yeah, definitely great stuff. So then, Mister Hassel, what is next week's challenge? Okay, now this one might be difficult, and you might hate me for this, and I may be forced to apologise repeatedly to you. But what I thought I'd do is we've never really, really, really done it like this in that I'm going to try and make this week's challenge related to next week's guest. Right. So no spoilers. We're not going to reveal to you who next week's guest is. And hopefully, hopefully plans all fall into place, which is probably why I haven't done it like this in case plans fail to, to happen. So hopefully this, this will work. But it's going to be sort of music and entertainment to theatre reopening. It's all vaguely related to that. I'm not going to spoil... Yeah. Any more spoilers? I was going to say, to make it related, write a short song. thought that's way too difficult. Even I couldn't do that. And I've got some sort of music background. You haven't really. And you said no. that would be really difficult. So I, I thought that's too difficult. So what we'll do is instead, I want you to write a poem oh, for next gosh. week. I want you to write a poem. I was thinking it could be related to the podcast. It could be about the series we've had. But that might be too difficult if we, if we, if we limit it down. But just, you know, write a poem. It hasn't got a rhyme, hasn't got, hasn't got for can very I, long. Can I make it a haiku poem? Even better if you manage to do that and you can what one is, and even better, yes. Hey, see, you weren't expecting <laughs> that really short. You weren't expecting that knowledge. Um, no, I wasn't. Okay. But I, yeah, but I think it should be, I think it should be related to the, to the series, which, unfortunately, everybody, will be coming to an end, for, just for now. We're coming to an end next week. So we can look back on a series with a little poem to reminisce about the series that we've had. Series Sounds one of the A&A take. That's fine. Okay, I like that challenge. That's a good one. I will be cracking on with that. Are you giving me more homework? Just when I thought dissertation was finished, I've got more homework. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, that is us done for this week on the A&A take. 
yes, you can find us on social media by searching for the ANA Take on Twitter and Facebook. As always, feel free to send us in your thoughts on anything that we have discussed today. And don't forget, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or iTunes, be sure to give us a follow so you are alerted when our next episode goes live. Yes, but in the meantime, stay safe, everybody. We hope you can join us next week for the final NA Take of the series. We'll see you then.